One of the things we love most about Christmas is the music. Whether it is standing in a line at Target or listening to the radio on the way home from work. Hi, I'm Greg, one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. The music we hear reminds us that there's something unique about this time of year. In this series, Christmas Playlist, we'll take a look at some of the familiar Christmas songs and pull out some biblical lessons we can learn from them. We hope you enjoy. All right, good morning. And uh, good morning to all of you online. Thank you for joining us. I was actually one of those people last week. How cool is it that we have online uh, when you're out on vacation, you can still tune in. So uh, I am grateful to be here. I want to give a quick shout out uh, to Patrick and Mandy Clark who are in here, who have the vision for the Christmas Village. Last night, last night was crazy. Our first night at the Christmas Village, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people came and we pray the same will happen. It, 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 it's, it's hard to explain. Just you got to be there. I took a bunch of pictures and sent them, and it's like these pictures really don't tell the story. You have to feel the Christmas village, and uh, I'm telling you, uh, the funnel cakes. I only was able to have one bite of my son's, but you want the funnel cakes, fried Oreos, the fast, I mean, fast food, the tacos last night were phenomenal. I'm just telling you everything about it, but my favorite, it's going to be weird because there's so many good things, but there's really this quiet place that's kind of back in the corner, and they're calling it the prayer garden. It is, it is just so peaceful and so beautiful. So I'd encourage you to come, bring your family, friends. I, I probably didn't know two-thirds of the people that came, and it was just awesome. So um, please, please, please uh, make that a part of your Christmas. Amen? So we're t- continuing our series, Christmas Playlist. We've, we've hit a f- couple of songs, and this week, I guess you probably already know, Where Are You? Christmas. And Tiana did a great job, didn't she? Let's give it up for Tiana. Uh, So yes. The other thing um, I would say though, (laughs) if you're coming tonight, dress warm. We asked God to just create it like it's really cool and cold, and he did. So yeah, you can't have a hot Christmas, okay? So so we're doing Where Are You Christmas Now? Do you know the movie where that first kind of came out in? Anyone? The Grinch That Stole Christmas, right? And it's Cindy Lou Who? Yeah, and she's the one that uh, she's the one that sings this because the Grinch is stealing Christmas. Boo-hoo, right? And so she's just got this little broken heart and she's got these questions and 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 she's just like, Where are you? And so that is where we come and find ourselves in 2022. And you may say, How? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I'm gonna answer that. Let's pray. God, it is good to be in your house. It's good to be alive. And it was great to be cold last night because it was so good to see all that was going on. And may we continue to be a light in this valley to people that need the light. God, I thank you for this service. We thank you for what happened last service. And we pray the same for this service, that there would be an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. And we pray that you use this uh, messed up person up on the stage to, to, to tell a very clean story and a story of hope, and and a story of love, and a story of all the things that are good in this world. God, may our hearts be ready to hear what it is that you have to say. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. So how how did the the Grinch steal Christmas? And, And I went and I looked up the lyrics to this song that you heard, and I think it kind of gives us a little idea of maybe some of the 
the heartache that is going on in this little girl's heart. And perhaps maybe in our hearts sitting in here today, or the hearts of people you may come across today, and you could share this message with them. Little Cindy Lou who says this, why can't I find you? Have you ever been in that place in life where it's like, why, what, what, what is this all about? And so I think this, is, this shows us some of the pain of Christmas, of, of feeling lost or feeling hopeless. And another question that she says in this, this poem or this song is, why have you gone away? Why have you gone away? And a lot of times we experience loneliness throughout the year, but especially it seems like during this time of the year, would you agree that people experience loneliness, maybe on steroids, loneliness, abandonment, confusion? The third thing that I saw in this song, she says, where is the laughter? And what I associate that with is, is why am I not smiling anymore? Where is the joy? Where's the happiness? Where's the optimism that maybe I had years ago? And lastly, she says, why can't I hear the music play? Why can't I hear the music play? And, and what I was thinking about that is how the Grinch steals, you know, our Christmas is, is worry, stress, pessimism, pain are things that take away from what Christmas is really about. Can you identify with any of this? And, and those of you at home, can you identify with this? Does this resonate with you? Maybe you've experienced these feelings in the past, or maybe, just maybe, it's something that you're feeling this very moment. To be honest, I think you know me very well that these sorts of thoughts break this guy's heart. I hate that people have to deal with emotional pain, physical pain, relational pain, spiritual pain. And we all have our things, but this is my thing, where I'm just like, "Ah, I wish I could reach into your soul, into your heart, and just pull that out. Amen? And don't you wish you had that same power with people in your lives that are wrapped up in this, where are you, Christmas? So what I want to do is I want to read a story that's very familiar uh, to many and, and, and maybe t- uh, not familiar to, to many. And I, I want to do this. Instead of read out of the NIV, we call it the NIV. There's many translations of the Bible. We use the NIV, New International Version. Today I thought I would take a familiar version and, and let's read the story in an unfamiliar version, which is actually a, trans, uh, a paraphrase and it's called The Message. And if you want story time with Pastor Rob, you can even close your eyes and pretend there's a fireplace or whatever. And uh, yeah, you're all warm. But I want you to, to listen with, with fresh eyes this story. It's found in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Gilead, village of Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph. And the virgin's name was Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. Good morning. You're beautiful with God's beauty. Beautiful inside and out. God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called the son of the highest. 
The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will rule Jacob's house forever. No end ever to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, but how? I've never slept with a man. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest hover over you. Therefore, the child will bring to birth will be called Holy Son of God. And did you know that your cousin conceived a son old as she is? Everyone called her barren. And here she is six months pregnant. Nothing, you see, is impossible with God. And Mary said, yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be. <laughs> Let it be with me, just as you say. Then the angel left her. There's a lot to this story, but I want to zero in on just a couple of words. In the message version, after the angel tells Mary what is going to happen in her life, the message version says she was thoroughly shaken. Can you say that with me? Thoroughly shaken. Let's say it again. Thoroughly shaken. I was thoroughly shaking last night, but that was a different. <laughs> That's being cold. But she was, she was shaken. Uh, the NIV version, which most of us are familiar with, it says she was greatly what? She was greatly troubled. And so this is where I want us to camp for the rest of this message. Greatly troubled. Because that is what little Cindy Luhu was dealing with. She was greatly troubled, and so she started to sing out this song. Mary, upon hearing this message, this news, this good news, like Pastor John said, but at the moment, it was not good news. This young teenage girl was greatly troubled. And wouldn't you be? I mean, this is crazy stuff. She didn't have Luke chapter 1 and read the full story and then know what was going to happen. She was living it in time. And she was greatly troubled. So if you're taking notes, write that down. Greatly troubled. Now, I don't do this often. I mean, in my studies, I do, but uh, I don't often share the Greek words. But the Greek word here for greatly troubled means to agitate greatly. So when she's greatly troubled, she is agitated greatly. Uh, it means to intensely go back and forth between inner thoughts and emotions. Back and forth between inner thoughts and emotions. None of us know what that is, right? Oh my gosh, as I'm reading this word, I'm like, yes, that's, that's so many of us, if not all of us. Like there's this battle going on within the heart. There's this battle going on within the soul. And therefore, the result is she is greatly troubled. Or as the message version said, she was shaken. I love the words also that uh, one of the commentaries uh, I was reading said, jumbled up. Or another one said, inward commotion. Does that resonate with anyone? That's what it means to be greatly troubled. And then I started thinking, I'm like, is Mary the only one in Scripture that was greatly troubled? And then I was just starting to just randomly think of things in my office. Uh, and, and I'm like, uh, what about Noah? God says, you know what, I want you to build this ark, and this is the dimensions, and then I want to just demolish the rest of the earth and uh, save you and the son, your, your family and some animals. 
Like, don't you think there was a moment he was greatly troubled? And in the process, don't you think there was moments where people were shouting out, and you're crazy, man. We got to put you in an institution. What are you doing building this, right? And there had to be nights where he was greatly troubled, where there was conflict within his heart, that he had a pain that he couldn't describe or communicate to anybody. And then I think of like Jonah. You know, he's called to go somewhere, he's disobedient, he's on a ship, the guys throw him into the ocean. The next thing you know, he wakes up in the belly of a big fish. Are you with me, church? Like, don't you think he might have been a little shaken up in the belly of the whale? Don't you think he had maybe some trouble and conflict within his heart? Absolutely. And, and, and there's so many stories. I was just thinking about all the people in the Bible. And I, I would have to say, if not, you know, some of them, I, I mean, most of them, I'd say maybe all of them at one point in their life experienced this feeling. And I, I would say, sitting in this room, I would say, might be a bold statement, might be a stretch, but probably not. And those listening online, I believe all of us have experienced this at some point in our life. Wouldn't you agree? And what breaks my heart is some of us are experiencing it right now. But you know what? That's why God has you sitting in these crazy purple chairs today. Joshua. I don't know if you're familiar with the Bible, but there's this guy named Moses. And Moses delivers all these people, millions, out of um, slavery under the heavy hand of Pharaoh. And, and they're going to be set free and everything's good. And there's a lot that happens. <laughs> a lot of it's right here that we know in the Old Testament. But then before entering into the promised land, he dies. And there's this guy named Joshua. You remember Joshua? Do you think there was a moment in Joshua's life when he was told by God that you're taking over for Moses, that he was greatly troubled? That there was conflict, that there was a ping pong match going on in his heart? Absolutely. I mean, Moses was Moses. He's the big guy. And there's probably the human part of Joshua going, those guys are a bunch of millions of people of whiners. I don't want to lead them. And you know what? Joshua said in Joshua chapter, uh, God said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, I have not commanded, uh, I have not commanded you. Be strong. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not what? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You see, I, I'm not going out on a limb saying that he must have been greatly troubled, shaken up, filled with angst, because God knows our heart. He knew what was going on in Joshua's life, and therefore he said, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. So I guess part of me walking through some of these um, people in the Bible is to let you know that, that we're human. If we struggle, that just means we're human. And it's okay to struggle, amen? It doesn't make us less than. Mary, I believe, was greatly troubled in this moment when she heard from the angel. I think about all these characters, and then I think about in the New Testament, you got the invalid that, that uh, laid by the pool of Bethsaida, and, 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 and 
for 38 years, 38 years, there was this hope that when, when the Spirit uh, 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 spun the, the waters and, and then if you could get in there first, then you would be healed. 38 years he had this hope. And, and I said, if you do 38 times 365, which someone in the lobby afterwards said, it's 13,000 something, something, something. So this guy had 13,000 plus days where he must have been greatly troubled. Because he saw the spirit stir the water and he wasn't the first to get in. And here's another day, I'm not healed, I'm an invalid. And so I think his heart must have been greatly troubled. And, and I could go after one, after another, after another, after another throughout scripture. And then you got Joseph. He had to be greatly troubled. Not only uh, Mary with the same news, Joseph got the same news. I mean, this is real stuff, and it's real stuff today. Amen? I, uh, I hate the inward commotion that is going on in my heart and your heart. Chuck Swindoll, one of my favorite uh, authors, Christian authors, he's a pastor, he wrote a book a long time ago, and I pulled it off my shelf, called um, Hope for Our Troubled Times. And it was interesting, because you're going to see as I read it, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's like 2022. But the truth is, he wrote it, this book, in 2009. Does that ring a bell to anybody? Remember our last big recession, 2008, and it went right into 2009? I mean, we were spinning during that season in our history. And he wrote this. Don't you just sometimes shake your head and wonder, what on earth is happening in the world? (laughs) Yeah. We've come upon tough times, to be sure. These days we're immediately think of the, uh, or these days we immediately think of the economy. Our minds may also drift to other topics, greedy, Wall Street brokers, lying politicians, or a lack of trust and authority, to name a few. However, the disturbing realities of our times go much deeper than a weak housing market or a lost job, serious as those may be. Of utmost importance to the well-informed Christian is the hideous and expansive cultural erosion of our times. So subtle and so intensive is the problem, we find it almost impossible to get our arms around it. Wise and attentive believers should not be surprised that our culture has lost its way and its values have spiraled downward. And it's like, goodness gracious, this guy wrote this, what, 13 years ago? And it, it, it's, it's, it's that and more today, isn't it? And you go, why, why are you bringing that up? Because when we talk about a troubled heart, a lot of us, part of this is in the culture in which we live in, which we God has put us here for a reason. There's not an accident. And I still believe, I still believe life is beautiful and life is a gift and I'm not entitled to it. It's something that God has given me that I don't deserve. And I praise God I live in the United States of America. And I praise God for so many things. But yes, it is hard at times, isn't it? And it does cause this distracted heart, this heart and this soul that is in a battle. And it causes emotional pain. It causes relational pain. It causes spiritual pain. It causes physical pain. Can I hear an amen? And we just got to call it what it is. It's okay. It's okay not to be okay at times. And we're not crazy if that's where we find ourselves. But choosing to stay there is where it's not healthy. Amen? This information, this information breaks your pastor's heart. 
I'm going to use a word, and it's not appropriate, but I'm just going to say it. I'm tired of hearing about people taking their lives. It breaks my heart. And you know what the common denominator it is? People are shocked. They say things like, but he was so happy. And she was so doing well. And, and, you know, the truth is, and I said this at the beginning of the pandemic, I said the pandemic's not going to kill us. COVID's not going to kill us. And yes, let me be sensitive to those that have lost loved ones to COVID. It has killed, okay? But we're starting to see what the real problem is. Mental health right now in our country is off the chart. Because we didn't know what to do after being locked up for two years. We didn't know what to do before that. And then you put this on top of it, people are just, it's, it's hard. And I hope you hear from the stage, it's okay. It's okay that you're hurting. It's okay that you feel pain. It's okay that you have this chaos in your heart. That doesn't make you a bad person. And for those of you that are Christ followers, that doesn't make you a bad Christian. Amen? It makes you human. Mary was human. She was highly favored. But she was greatly troubled in this moment of her life. Pain Sucks. And kids, don't ever use that word unless it has that word in front of it. Because I can't think of a better word. Physical, emotional, spiritual, relational, all those things. So I'm going to tell a story, and you guys, I'm just going to warn you. I'm really sensitive right now because first service was so mean. (laughs) But you guys are so much more compassionate. I already could tell. All right? I went to visit a mentor of mine. He lives in Anaheim. Uh, he was in ministry for 40 years. Um, I love him to death. He and his wife are, are just such encouragers um, to me. And so I went down to Anaheim, like I said, a, a couple of weeks ago. And um, we met up for a, a late lunch, early dinner. And uh, Ron Gallagher had been ministry for 40 plus years. He's the one that brought me to Samoa for the very first time. And he's just, he's just poured into my life. Uh, the reason we have fight night on Thursday nights is really Ron. The reason we have men's breakfast on Saturday mornings is Ron. I mean, he's, that's, he did men's ministry for a long time. But Parkinson's uh, is, is something that he's, he's wrestling with and battling, and he's, he's going at it strong. So, so we meet in this parking lot. His wife has to drive, and meet in this parking lot, and she gets out and greets me, and he's still in the car because he's going to need some assistance, and she pulls out. Um, I'm going to call it a, a walker but it's a walker on steroids. Like literally, you could sit on it. You, you know, it's got a horn. It's got brakes. You know, it's, it's, it's cool. And uh, she goes, Ron might need this. And I said, all right. And I said, I could just throw it in the bed of my truck. Be nice. So instead of walking the eight feet I needed to to the back and put down the tailgate and just put it in, I mean, you're looking at me, I'm right? So I just, I got this, and I grab it at the side of my truck, and I lift, and I have to get on my heels, or my toes, I should say, to get it in the back of the truck. And as I'm doing it, it wasn't locked. So it collapses. 
and my finger is right, my thumb, and it just, <coughs> see, like, can I just tell you how sweet you guys are? First service, they all laughed. They laughed. You're my favorite service. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to pray for first. So, so I want to show you a picture. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm like on my toes now because I can't do anything. It's collapsed in there. I start to pull, but every time I pull, it gets tighter. So I'm a tough guy. I said this is a compassionate service. Someone laughed back there. And so I'm like, Tamara, Tamara, she can't hear me. She's getting run out of the truck. Tamara, you know, probably 20 feet away. Tamara. And I, I, I tears. I, it is so painful because I'm pulling and it's, and she comes over. Oh my gosh, you know. Now she's an old lady. She's not going to just jump in the back of my, t- you know, she's, she's, she's thinking about it. And she's, she wants to help out so bad. And I'm just like, ah, you know, I'm not I'm just trying to be, because I don't want her worried. But I'm like, what's life going to be with nine fingers? Because this thing's just, and I'm, it hurt. It really hurt. And she called some guy over and he climbs in there and he pulls this thing. <sighs> yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> you know? I honestly, I still I can move it. I can't feel. It's still just it hurts, okay? There's a reason for this story, other than your beautiful, wonderful compassion towards Pastor Rob. You could see that mark. That was just like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes after it. So what I'm thinking is this. If we had the technology to throw a camera down into Mary's heart, would her heart look like that? Noah's heart. Abraham's heart. Esther's heart. The invalid. Are you with me? Like, Honestly, part of the reason why we don't get what's going on in our world a lot of times is because we can't visually see how many people are working or walking around this world with a heart and a soul that looks like that. And it's a pain that only that person can fully understand. And I don't think I'm over-exaggerating with Mary. Because the Bible says she was greatly troubled. And I don't think I'm exaggerating with saying today, I believe there's some people, maybe even one standing on the stage, that's heart and soul, maybe a little bruised. And if that's all I had to say, we would leave here and it would be pretty depressing, to be honest. But we have hope. We have hope. We have hope. We don't have to walk around with bruised fingers, bruised souls, and bruised hearts. And the answer is right here in Scripture in this story that I just read. Right here in the Scripture for the very first time, I saw something. And I'm like, the answer to the troubled heart is right here. It's right here in the story. If you read again in verse 38, it says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. 
But right before that, you're going to see the words that are shared to Mary by the angel. It says, Mary, in verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not what? Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And let me tell you, it's not just Mary that has found favor with God. Every person in this room has found favor with God. Did you know that? But you're like, no, pastor, you don't know my life. You don't know the sins I've committed. You don't know the bad things I feel in my heart. You don't know. You don't know. You're right. I don't know. But he knows and he still loves you because he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you on the cross. None of us are worthy. None of us have done anything. But he knows all the junk in us, and he still sent his son. So Mary found favor, and guess what? You and I found favor and find favor in God's eyes. And so what he says is, you have that troubled heart? You have that conflict in your heart? You have that pain in your heart? Here's the second point. Write this down. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't disqualify yourself. Some of us are so good about giving grace and love to others, but then for some reason, our sin is way worse than everybody else, and we're way worse than anybody else, and everybody else deserves grace, but not me. Even you, even you. Don't be afraid. That's what Scripture says. Will you hold on to that? Psalms 46, 1 verses 3, 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength. Now listen to this. An ever-present help in what? In trouble. You see that? In trouble. When we're greatly troubled, God is our refuge and our strength. So he says in verse 2, therefore, we will not what? Fear. Don't fear. Don't be afraid that it's not going to work out. Don't be afraid that he's going to abandon you. Don't be afraid, yada, yada, yada. Sorry, Seinfeld quote there. But trust. Don't be afraid. Though the earth, this is crazy. I've quoted this a million times. It was finally this week. I'm not even joking. This week where I'm like, oh, that's pretty extreme. Because he says, even though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of sea. That's crazy, isn't it, church? Like, that's something to be having a little conflict in your heart. You're just kind of walking down the beach and there it all goes. Okay, he says, even then, I'm your refuge and your strength. So that means there's nothing in your life that could come that he can't be there with you for. Don't fear. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are what? We're safe. We're safe. You're not gonna find safety in Jack Daniels. You're not gonna find safety in weed. You're not going to find safety in relationships. You're not going to find safety in getting that trophy. You're not going to find safety in getting that promotion. But you find safety in the Lord. 1 Peter 5, verse 7, cast all. All means what, church? All means all. Cast all your anxiety on him because he what? Because he cares for you. This is real stuff, church. So, 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 yes, we've got this, this troubled heart. So how do we deal with the troubled heart? Number one, don't be afraid. Uh, the second thing, which is my third point, is the Holy Spirit. You're like, well, pastor, that's pretty random. 
No, it's not. Because if you look in this story, Luke chapter 1, verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, Mary. Because she says, how's this going to be? The Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. He says to Mary, you know how this is going to be? You're not going to be able to do any of it, but God will. And I say the same thing to us when with a troubled heart and the pain that we've got going on, don't be afraid. And the second thing is, you can't, but God can. How many of us have tried to fix troubled hearts? We're not very good at it. At the best, we could put a band-aid on it. But God heals. God heals. And he does this through his Holy Spirit. And you go, Holy Spirit, well, what's interesting, I'm not going to get all the theology of this, God was on people's life all throughout the Old Testament. And here he says, I will come upon you with my Holy Spirit, with, my, with the Spirit. And that's how this is all going to happen. You know what's cool? After Jesus' death and Peter preached the first message in Acts chapter, uh, uh, chapter 2, and, and then the, 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 the people said they were cut to the heart. What shall we do then after he preached to them? This is Peter's response. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for what? The forgiveness of sins and what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. This is different because God was on their lives all throughout that, up until that point of time, but now he's in our lives. Does that make it, does that understand? On our lives, but now when we confess him as Lord and are baptized, we have the Holy Spirit in us, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that's in all of us. That should get you fired up. Because I'm telling you, and this is not an exaggeration, every day, your pastor says this at some point in the day, I can't, but you can And many times it's in the shower in the morning before I've even done anything. Like I know the meetings I'm going to face or the decisions that are going to happen. And I just like, I can't. And that's not false humility. It's just truth. You may not like that as your lead pastor confessing that to you, but I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. But he does. And the honest truth is, I think you'd want to be at a church where the pastor is willing to say, I don't know, but I'm pressing into him. And when I don't press into him, that's when I screw things up. So I love this. The Holy Spirit. Now here's the deal. I'm just going to shoot straight. This guy, I'm not into the charismatic churches. They could be Christ followers and all. I'm not judging. I'm just saying I I don't believe Scripture teaches the rolling down the aisles and and screaming and different noises and all that. I'm not saying, I'm just saying that that's me, okay? But here's the problem. Most of us, when we believe this, so we don't, or don't believe this, we go all the way over to here. So, you know, every reaction is an overreaction. And so we don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough here. I'm just going to tell you that. I'm, I'm the lead pastor. We don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough. And, and so here I am telling you, you want to deal with this pain? You want to deal with this internal conflict? Say yes to Jesus Christ. Let the indwelling of the Holy Spirit take over your life and let's watch out. All right? Let's watch out and see what he can do. And so it's like me. You know, first time I ever, anyone ever rode an electric bike? Yeah, I rode, rode an electric bike with my uncle in Maui, and uh, we're, he's like, these things are amazing. He kept talking about it. I'm like, all right, let's go. And we're riding, and everything's good and good. And we, he goes, let's go up this big hill. And I'm telling you, it's a big hill. Long. 
And he goes, all right, let's go. And then we're riding. He's 70 years old, and he's flying up this thing. And I'm just standing, and I'm going as hard as I can. I'm like, yeah, electric bikes. Yeah, that's kind of like that word I said with pain. Yeah, electric bikes, you know, whatever. And he's just gone. Well, he comes back down the hill. And he's like, now, the only reason I'm still on the bike is pride, because I wanted to get off that bike and walk that thing up. And this is not an exaggeration. He goes, what's going on? I said, Uncle Casey, this, this ain't... This ain't what you said it is. And he looks down and he goes, Rob, you got to push the power button. <laughs> like I'm telling stories on myself that makes me look really stupid, but that's all right. It makes you feel better. I'm not kidding you. You push that thing and it's like you're riding a moped up this hill. <laughs> Let's get real, church. How many of us are riding the bike without the power on? How many of us are trying to deal with the, 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 the pain that's in our heart without the power on? How many of us are trying to do life without the Holy Spirit? I would just encourage you, surrender yourself, say yes to Jesus, and let him take you for a ride. And we're going to close with the last thing that I found in this story. It's pretty cool. At the end, she says, I am the Lord's servant, which simply means she... she she surrendered to God, right? She listened to God, but she still had to make that choice. Am I going to do my thing or God's thing? I want to close with a, something kind of fun. I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago, but um, one of our former students, actually he was a classmate with my older son, Drew, and actually coached him in baseball for a few years, he and his dad and I. Um, he was on The Voice, and he made it all the way to the finals, and um, he, uh, we don't know if he took second or third because the, the voting, he didn't win it, but he was either second or third. But he had to choose one final song. And this is, millions are going to see this. Like, do I sing a Metallica song? Do I sing a John Legend song? Do I sing a, you know, Madonna song? I mean, he could sing any song he wanted to. But remember, this third point is surrender to God. It's not my life, but it's his. And you can imagine the pressure that was being put on this young man. I want to show you a, a real quick clip of what he chose this last Monday night. That, that happened. Like, get up and praise the Lord. They had church on an NBC studio. And I text Bodie. I'm like, Bodie, you totally honored God. And we went back and forth. Like, that's surrender to God. Because if it was about Bodie, then Bodie's going to do Bodie's thing. But he saw that this could be the biggest moment and probably lose votes. And he didn't give a rip. Church... Push the power button on. Let the Holy Spirit work in your life. 
Don't surrender to fear. Surrender to God and see how he'll take care of that troubled heart. For Mary, she gave birth to the son of God that has changed our life. What would God do in your life if you would do these three things? Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you. We lift up your name. We pray against any troubled hearts here. And we set free. We set free the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. Forget all my rebellion